I'm Dr. Sharon Dukes. And I'm Melvin Dukes. We're HBC graduates, proud educators, and most importantly, husband, husband and wife. wife. And you're listening to After School, School Talk, Talk Podcast. Podcast. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of After School Talk, where I'm your co-host, Mr. Dukes, and I'm your other co-host, Dr. Dukes. Dr. Dukes, how you doing? I'm doing good. I would like to let the audience know that this is, um, how you do it in, like, studio <laughs> talk, like, round two, I don't know. <laughs> take two. Take two, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is take two, take because two. my name is Miss Technical Difficulties, and I originally said this in the first one, so I'm going to say it again, that I got my nickname, Miss Technical Difficulties, at Payne College, under the leadership of Mr. Sean Palmer, who is with us today. Sean Palmer Woo! in the building. I want to thank you for being on your show, and I want to thank you for joining your show, <laughs> Sharon and Melvin <Robin> <laughs> Thank you, thank you so much. Show. We appreciate that. <laughs> All right. So as you know, we uh, we have Sean Palmer on the show again. He's been here before. He's no stranger. Um, but Dr. Dudes, give us a rundown on what we are talking about today. Okay. So what we are talking about today is black history programming, um, especially during the month of February. So we know that black history is 365. It should be done year round all the way through your school. But traditionally, schools will reserve um, some heavy programming around February. Or you got some schools that just totally ignore it and act like it shouldn't happen. So we're going to get into that too. But we really want to use uh, Palmer's expertise by being the director of a black cultural center to say like why these programs are still needed and also to look in like how um, schools can be more innovative in their programming where we are not doing the uh, you know the old school where you get somebody dressed up like Martin Luther King and say that I have a dream speech and then you reenact the scene from like Rosa Parks or Harriet and then call it a day this <laughs> too, yeah it's 2021. Y'all stop dressing up the little fat boy in a in a white shirt and like black tie. Like little slaves. Yeah. Well, I do not know why everybody is infatuated with slavery, um, particularly when it it is so traumatic for yes. for black people when you start reading the the history. Um, but yeah, I don't know why we love it. I just don't even know. I don't understand. It's like I this think, weird infatuation. Well, I feel like it reinforces, like, every time we do the let my people go, go down Moses, kumbaya, Negro spiritual version, ultimately, because it's not done with care and because it's not done with consideration, those kinds of programs end up reminding students in a system that already tells them that they're not good enough that it, it just reinforces that this is not made for them and they're just Negro slaves. So, mm. and like, and then the white kids get to feel better about themselves because they know they were exempt from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. so like there, that's like there is an inherently a problem already. But I know you didn't even ask me about that, Sharon. So, like, listen, I'm up here. I, listen, it is it. it is three minutes in, and you already hitting us in the face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, listen, I want to you. Okay, you said something really critical just from the jump of. Um, and then white people are exempt, you know, from the 
really the the learning process of what the black history program should be teaching but also what we should be celebrating about black history right and so the crazy part is yeah. when i was in high school i i i just told this story in my office today i don't know why my teachers just let me run them up but they would they would let me program and plan things because i guess the lord knew i was gonna work in student affairs but i literally planned a black history program at school me and some other friends yep just gathering people up and i remember that what i wanted to do was like a celebration of black music through time and we like pay homage to um everything from gospel to hip-hop to jazz like we just want to do this whole thing through dance and through singing right Long story short, when you said the word exempt, it clicked in my head about how I was telling them that the white students literally told me to my face that they weren't coming to school the day of the Black History Program because the Black History Program was not for them. They didn't have to come. That was for us to to sit through, I guess. Right. Yes. So it's and like... And that's how we feel every day about class where we have to learn about Shakespeare and Chaucer, who is not for us neither. And Abraham Lincoln and George Washington and Thomas Jefferson which ain't for us neither. Come on. And, like, I could go on to the transcendental period or uh, suffrage because women's suffrage didn't help black women who were taking care of the kids while the white women went outside and decided that even Delta Sigma Theta couldn't march in the back of their line mm. for women's suffrage in D.C. in 1913. So, again, like, if that's the challenge with all of this is that they're, like, black people are the only people are people of color, but like we, I'm not talking about all of the people of color today because I'm only just talking about black folk because you asked me to come here and uh, talk about black folk. Yes, but black kids in rural, in the South opt in to an America, have no choice but to opt into an America at all facets. So they gotta, we learn Shakespeare, we gotta learn this, but then we then also have to do this double duty that is usually outside of colleges and definitely, I mean, outside of high schools. Right. So like it's in the church where you get the Black History Month program. It's in the service program like Jack and Jill or Girl Scouts that you get the or some other little made up black program that we like. Right. That we get to learn about black history. Mm-hmm. And so and, and white people get to be exempt in Black History Month. They don't have to learn it. Nobody cares that they learn it. Um and so, therefore, then they leave with a shoddy idea of the world that, that makes them at the center of the world without having them think about the ways in which Black people are are deeply gifted and deeply make considerations in the world and deeply make, and deeply make the world matter. And then Black kids leave schools thinking that there is nothing in a history book, nothing in a, in a literature class, nothing in music that really um, shows that they have made a contribution to the world. And Mm -hmm. only if you're privileged enough to go to a good college and if you choose to opt in to whatever Black classes that they are teaching, only then do you learn that Black people have made contributions in math and science, um, in history and political governance. Um, I I mean, and, and, and it's infuriating. It's infuriating that Black kids don't get to experience 365 days of blackness because we've decided as a, and I would say black people do it too, that blackness, like black contributions are ancillary to what you need to know in order to survive in a white world. Mm. Mm. 
Hmm. Now, yes. push. And when you think about the curriculum and how the curriculum yeah. is set up, it is not designed uh-huh. that the black history is is a need. It is a necessity to know or to be successful or to yeah. flourish in life. It is not a part of the curriculum. Like we rather you do your math science. We're gonna learn you know, you, you need to learn how to write and <laughs> and then go about your business. You don't need to learn this black history. Yeah, well, and so that's so again a major problem. So you learn that black history is unnecessary and enter a world where race discourse is at the center of everything. It's at the center of exploitation. It's at the center of classism. It's the reason why you can't buy a house in this neighborhood. It's the reason why you didn't get a raise. It's the reason why you have to curl your hair this way and instead of wearing it naturally. It's the reason why your kids, there are no kids in, why the kids who are over in this school are impoverished. It's the reason why there's health disparities. It's the reason why, like, so for me, it's such an interesting thing to live in a world where com- like much of what we know about race is not a conversation in our classrooms, which then allows for all these ridiculous opinions where people say things like, I, you know, I, I mean, I, you need to see things from a variety of sides. No, baby, you don't get to see uh, things from a variety of sides Uh, in terms of racism and being like, well, we just have to meet in the middle. No, no, we cannot meet in the middle Mm -mm, with somebody who thinks that I don't deserve to live. (laughs) Like there's no middle in terms of like, you want to kill me and I want to live and I need to kind of help you. I need to sit with you and help you understand that I need to live. Like Mm -hmm. that's crazy. Cause like, that's like, cause when I hear people do that, it's like almost like they're saying that slavery like slavery wasn't such a bad thing right. and that's really what you hear them yeah. saying mm-hmm. so it's like it's not it's like um so maybe they're not virulent racist maybe they didn't have on a clan's tuxedo but ultimately they're still per- they're still perpetrating and participating in racial um and in, in, in racial um hierarchies that diminish black folk which is why black folk have to have black history month right mm-hmm. so Going back to Black History Month, like Black History Month is for everybody because Black kids need to, um, Black teachers, Black children, Black administrators, Black parents, Black faculty, Black students, Black people who are in support and support staffs need the need to interrogate their own internalized racism. Right? We need to inter- inter- We need to interrogate how white supremacy makes us think that everything good is white. Mm, no, and and mm, that's what no. that's one of the reasons Black History Month exists. And, and then white people and, need to imagine that they are not the only people creating democracy. Which is why I think like watching Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris, um become with who's an HBCU grad, um HBC um she's in a historically black sorority She's a Jack and Jill mom. She's a link. Um, and all of those things are, com- are complicate her narrative for a lot of people because they, they barely want to believe she's black, right? Yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah. she's significantly black. Yeah. And yeah. 
her parent, her her mother made the decision to raise her, steep her in blackness in such a way that like she is in, inextricably tied to that tradition as much as she is um, Indian or East Indian or Desi. So again, like when we start to look through the through history, like the purpose of a Black History Month is really to interrogate, is really to help us kind of right size the fact that we know you're not going to do 12 months of Black history. Mm -hmm. Most Black people don't even take Black kids to Black museums, Mm -hmm. right? It wasn't until you get a Smithsonian that Black people really started to interrogate and invest in um, going on trips that were not about, like, Mickey Mouse and Six Flags. Right, true. Which is that same oh. So, so like, and like, there's lots of black history. There are lots of black museums around the country. Absolutely. So, like, there's yeah, black museums on in wax, and there's black on, you know, there's black. So, there's a ton. There's a beautiful civil rights trail that has got like tons of museums. There's, I mean, there are art galleries around the country. There's getting ready to be a new hip hop museum in New York. There's a there was a black fashion museum that became a part of the Smithsonian prior to it's like, but like, there's like lots of history to be told around black people um, from Tulsa to New York. I, when I was in um, Oregon and Seattle, I went to the, the museum on um, Northwest African-American experiences. It's a beautiful museum, but like the reality is like even black folks struggle to prioritize blackness, which is why black history month has to be here now. Okay. I'm talking a lot. But like, and we have to thank Carter G. Woodson, member of Omega Sci-Fi, of Melvin's famed organization, (laughs) um, um, for giving us the miseducation of the Negro. Um, As a a professor, I think he's a professor at Howard, but and a Howard alum as well, who writes this beautiful book that interrogates white supremacy in education and, and how it messes up black kids and it prepares them to be, to think of themselves as less than, and then creates this national organization that's still in existence. One of the biggest, baddest organizations around black, uh, black intellectual, uh, like it's the, like if you go, like, it's like huge. Um, it's called Asala, the association for the study of African-American life and history. Um, and like when they do something, it's like two to 3000 intellectuals, in meetings all day long about different aspects of black culture and they still exist and they have a website and they give you, they have themes for each year. This year, I think the theme is black family. Hmm. Um, And so like, to be fair, like these programs are necessary for places that forget that black people exist. I just want to say, um, I think one of the misconceptions is especially like when Sharon talked about, uh, her being in high school and having the black history program and some of the white students saying, oh, we don't have to be here. It's not for us. I think the misconception or the misunderstanding is they feel like it's teaching the black way of life or something like that, as opposed to the overall culture and how we see things, how we view things, why we view things the way we do, as opposed to, oh, you just showing us the way the black person live or, or the way the black person live at one point in time. No, it's a, it's a reason why we feel the way we feel right now. It's a reason why we do some of the things mm. we do now. And I, I think that's kind of misinterpreted when 
people outside of the black culture <laughs> um, think, think about Black about History it. Month. But let, let me, let me, and I'm gonna push on that because Palmer, what Melvin is saying makes me go back to your point of interrogating racism yeah. through yeah. programming. Mm-hmm. How do you? structure your programs to where this is not cultural entertainment right it's not for you to just go oh like oh that's cute they did a little play about slaves yeah that they chicken wings and And they picking cotton it's like no like how do i make this more of a um, like i say in in, and we are literally interrogating racism through these programs action after you see yeah yeah program yeah so so it's funny because I think that a part of Black History Month is is about celebration, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. So a part of it has to be about celebration and reflection in the same way Kwanzaa is about celebration and reflection. And I will argue that if you decide that you're going to do Black History Month 365 days, like you're going to expand it, then then educators have to think about what what does a black history calendar look like if the, if we're in the church we might call it like a liturgical calendar so what things do you return to every like every year we talk about uh, and and you already have some things that you can talk about right so martin luther king day is always in january kwanzaa is always right after Christmas. Juneteenth is right always right in the middle of June. So uh, hip-hop, jazz history month is always April. Um, um, Yeah, April. Jazz history month is always April. always in July. Huh? What'd you say? Essence Music Festival is always in July. (laughs) Yeah, Essence Music Festival is always in July. Like, um, but like Malcolm X's birthday is always in May. Um, for the most part, like family reunions ha- happen also in July, mm-hmm. right? So the history, the history of the "I Have a Dream" speech is always right before, is right in the in the end of August. Um, the 16th Street bombing is always—I can't remember what day it is, but I feel like it's in September. It might actually be February, but I'm. I, but again, like there are there are days that we could lift up and celebrate and return to, to extra, to make um, things more than just one day. But I realized that I think that on some level, like it, you know, black history month has to be part celebration, part education, part call to action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They yeah. call to action. And, part, and, and you so were, it's cor- like, you it's were a- correct about September as well. The bombing was September 15th. Okay, okay, dope. Thank you, thank you. Um, so like, and then like, and I mean, and then there are other things you can like for Black folk in January. We get to talk about all the Greek organizations, or many of them. Mm, good right? point. We get to, you know, we get to an inauguration on any inauguration, no matter what president you're inaugurating. You always get to return to the legacy of Michelle and Barack Obama, or the legacy now of one amazing sister whose name is Kamala. Or, I mean, if you want to stay funky all the way, if you want to stay in Georgia, you get to also talk about the legacy of Warnock. Um, And so, like, there's so much to, there's so much to talk about. There's so, there's so much. And I think on some level, 
Like, I think like if you if you decide that you want to make you know broaden your scope, um, there is a way in which like you know for the you know I always tell students like Black History Month, given that if you live in my cultural center, you doing black you talk we talk black every day, three right. definitely three like. You're getting you you gonna be black 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 like you learning you learning everything all the time and you don't even know it because it's seductive, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. uh, we need to talk about like how we have to like if black people are going to do black history well that it can't always be, um, like just an exploration of slavery and the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Say it louder um, for the people. Yeah, so, like, because on some level, those are also places of trauma. And some of that trauma is what um, a sister who wrote Incidents in the Life of a Slave Girl, what she called unspeakable things spoken. Um, It's what Beloved tried to articulate to us that, like, the trauma of death is so high that we don't often have good words for it. Um, so like returning there for black kids who didn't experience it is actually still very difficult because the trauma lives in their DNA. Like their parent, there are, you know, their grandparents, you know, integrated schools Mm -hmm. if they live down South. Mm -hmm. So on some level, like it is returning to that, but like there are ways in which you can return, you can return to the beauty and elegance, um, and the, the depth of thought without always doing that. Like I think about, I think about like when Jay-Z wrote the song niggas in Paris, him and Kanye, Mm -hmm. they did a song called niggas in Paris that you could easily talk about black, the black expatriate movement in the 1930s and 1940s coming out of the 1920s because black folk decided to leave and go other places where they would have more freedoms and that's James Baldwin. Like, that's like that's jazz artists. Like, so you get to talk about what it means to not be in your own country, to to see, like, the world as your home because your country is crazy. Right? Okay, Paul. So, like, that's wait, a- wait. You got to hold that's- on. That's, that's, a, that's a key. That was a gym, gym jewel, all that. Because I need people to hear that. Think about what, like, when you said it's seductive. That was it. That quickly of how I'm about to take two um, still relevant current hip-hop artists who have a song, a Mm hip-hop song, right? I'm going to take that song and I'm going to play it up to where we're still going to dig into Black history, Black culture, but also give Black students the opportunity to see their culture outside of the lens of America and take you all the way to Paris. And I think people don't realize, like, okay, so let's just look at the curriculum, the depth of the curriculum with that. Like, you just said, jazz music and this and that. And, like, we're we're going in all these directions with that. But then also to appeal to students, you just say, and you, and you, you, uh, what's the word aesthetically when you when you offer um decor that resembles paris when you if you make it look like springtime in paris and these students are walking into this whole experience that is not just oh it's on the lesson for the day and we're gonna talk about it but i want you to walk in the room it looks like paris and when you walk in in the room i want jay-z and kanye blasting music blasting and then as we go right. into the experience like we can shift over into these jazz music until james baldwin pieces and you got off 
full on black history experience that's outside of that traditional just old school narrative that doesn't really like push the boundaries create the vibe that's what that's it yes. create the vibe yes that but black history is a vibe because black people are a vibe <laughs> i mean look at shut look up, at shut up. And i'm writing that together. down black history is a vibe i'm going mm-hmm. you want a shirt Paul, so like, i made that on a shirt Put it on the show. Send it to me. That'd be cute. Uh, I will suck it. I really want it. Um, but I will say, like, so, like, okay, so, like, when you think about, like, people think that it's just Beyonce, just contemporary Black folk who've been going to Paris, but Black people have been traveling to Europe since they were in war, since definitely World War One for sure, because Black people were fee- learn freedom was you were more free in some of these other places than you were here. And so like, like it's not like, you know, so like when Beyonce and Jay-Z take a picture and use the Louvre as their background, which is the famous museum in Paris, they're not the first to feature, like to be featured in Paris. If you've been to Paris, you know, like all of many Egyptian uh, relics are actually in the Louvre in Paris. Mm. Or, like, you also know that if you, like, if you are a studier of history, you could talk to students about Black people's bodies being used um, as in, um, in in terms of, like, how people saw their bodies as exotic. Um, and, like, in two ways that that happened was in the in the dealings of Black women's bodies, one of which happened with what we call the Venus Hottentot, whose body was on display in Paris and Europe and a bunch of places for a very long time um, in the early, like in the early 1900s, right? So like, and so we could talk about like, because people were, they thought her butt and breasts were so exaggerated that these were like, this, this, that her body was disfigured. Mm. So this young black girl is snatched out of the continent of Africa and put on display across Europe so that people could marvel at her body. The other one is is thinking about Josephine Baker. Right. And like right. if you think about Josephine Baker's banana dance back in the day um as an ode to like thinking about the 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 I guess eroticism of the jungle mm-hmm. and then drop into like Nicki Minaj's Anaconda and then drop into Megan Thee Stallion's and and Cardi B's WAP, and then we start to ask, uh, then we get to ask a lot of other questions about like how much do you know what is it? Who's in control of Black women's bodies? What are Black women saying about their bodies? And why do we have such problem with Black women ha- owning their own sexuality? Mm-hmm. And like those questions go all the way back to the early 1900s. So like we think these questions are so our students think these questions are new. But anybody who studied Black history knows that these questions are old, which is why the curricula help us. I think that the reason that the that you know most teachers can't teach on this stuff is because most teachers don't know Come anything on. themselves. Come on, that's I was, that's where I was about to take it. That's exactly where I was about to go. Of you, like you said, those who have studied Black history know this, or even, you know, who like that may not be what you majored in, but you are still aware and abreast of things, and you're going to dig into that in order to offer it to the student, but we got so many that don't even know, so they literally look around like, who, who finna do that? Because I... <laughs> well, and see, and see, this is my problem with teachers. This is my... So this is what my... Y'all gonna be mad. Teachers, y'all gonna be mad. It's okay. 
I don't know how. I don't know how teachers think that students are going to be lifelong learners when they're not. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So my thing is like, do something else. Yeah. So like, go do like. I don't understand, and I'm not this. Like I know teachers got a lot on their. Don't get me wrong. I know y'all got a lot on y'all shoulders, but. I think it is horrible to think that your one history class that had one section on black history at Georgia Southern, Ole Miss, Augusta State, Duke, Chapel Hill is all that you need to know when you're looking in the faces of brown and black children every day. I'm sorry. You don't get the luxury of just thinking that Shakespeare is going to somehow move me if you said it to hip hop. That is white paternalism. And you need to let that shit go. (laughs) You need to let it go. And what's worse is like the level of ignorance that many educators go into the classroom with because they've had one class on multicultural literature, on multicultural history. We ain't even going to get to the sciences because the sciences will act like black people have never existed right. and they're not worthy of study. Mm-hmm. But, but like, how then do you think that people are going to trust you with their learning and orientation to the world when you're not invested enough to take two extra classes because you don't want to take the classes by the black professors or it's not convenient for your schedule or you heard they were a hard grader. What you're really saying is blackness is not important. It is ancillary to my story and therefore I don't have to do it. Mm-hmm. It goes, and that's why little black kids across America don't do you. Yep. Yep. It yep. goes right back to what Sharon was saying earlier about the students in the high schools. 